Welcome and thank you for joining us here at Life Central. If you want to know more about who we are and what we're all about, check out our website, lifecentral.org.za or like, follow and subscribe to our social media channels. We hope this message speaks into your life and that you will find meaning and purpose through it, guiding you through your daily life. Good morning, church. And I greet you in the precious name of Jesus Christ this morning. And this morning I want to share on someone very special, and that is the Holy Spirit. And I say someone because the Holy Spirit is not some vapor or some airy thing out there that you've heard about. He is a person, and he is a very important person if we consider God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And he plays a vital part in our lives as Christians. If we consider the disciples in the first part of the New Testament, and we look at their we look at the, the way that they lived their lives. Everything was about themselves. They had a lot of personal ambition. Jesus, can I sit next to you in heaven one day? Who's the greatest of us, Jesus? They were very prideful and self-centered, concerned about lordship and authority, more than the lessons that Jesus was really trying to teach them. They didn't understand what was expected of them. And they didn't quite grasp what Jesus was trying to prepare them for. If we think of the time when Jesus went and prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said to the disciples, keep watch, keep God, and pray while I go and pray. Yet, when Jesus came back, he found them sleeping each time. Not once, not twice, but three times. One of the disciples denied him. One betrayed him. May I dare say that they were human, much like you and me. So a question I have for you is, how often do you think of others before you think of yourselves? Before the book of Acts, we see it's all about me. If we consider the apostles in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the change we see in them when the Holy Spirit gets involved, it's then that their lives move from all about me to we. And the same applies to us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. If we look at the book of Acts and we look at the Greek word for the word Acts, it's pronounced praxis, and I hope I'm getting that right. And the English translation for that is practice. So in other words, it's the practice of Christianity. And it's at this moment that the disciples start to apply to everyday life that which Jesus had taught them. The book of Acts in one sentence is the acts of God through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit in the apostles. We could even say that we could change the title of the book of Acts to preach the gospel because that is what it was all about. This is where we see the first fruit of his work, of Jesus's work, exploding. And because of this message, having to carry it to the rest of the world, empowerment or help is needed. It's not something that we can do on our own. Acts 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem 
and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, we are not capable of doing the work of the gospel justice in our own strength or in our own ability. So in Acts 2, we see the gift of the Holy Spirit when he comes at Pentecost. As the Spirit is given, you see the fulfillment of the promise of Jesus, where Jesus said, I will be with you always. Because you see, when you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, he is with you always, every moment of every day. We become the place where God dwells. He dwells in us and he dwells through us. So the arrival of the Holy Spirit heralds or announces, proclaims the beginning of the Christian church as we know it. It is now that believers are empowered by the Holy Spirit to bear witness of the goodness of Jesus Christ to the whole world, to people like you and me. But the Holy Spirit is the key. As a matter of interest, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 50 times in the book of Acts. So, question, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, while you're pondering on that for a moment, let me help you answer the question. When a person becomes a Christian, when you say, Jesus, here I am, and, I, and you give your life to God, Romans 8, verse 15 to 16 tells us that we are adopted as God's children. You are no longer your own. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 tells us we are placed into the body of Christ. Ephesians 1, 7 says we have been redeemed and our sins are forgiven. Ephesians 1.13 tells us that new believers are sealed by the Holy Spirit. So what are the signs that you are filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, there's a good litmus test, shall we say. Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Some translations use the word long-suffering. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, if we think of the word forbearance on its own, the definition of that is quite a challenging phrase. It's patient restraint with tolerance. Now, I can tell you, I don't always get it right. And in many of these fruits of the Spirit, we can get it wrong many times. But It's not about being perfect. It's about striving to show these fruits of the Spirit, to live these fruits of the Spirit. This is how we know the Holy Spirit is in charge. So question two, do you share the gospel with others? Are you a witness of what Jesus did? Now, when it comes to this question, you might be asking yourself, who am I? Who can I speak to? I'm not equipped. I'm not qualified. Who would want to hear what I have to say? I'm not a good speaker. Surely I could rather recommend someone that's better than me. But here's the truth of it. When God saved you, he had others in mind. Others that he plans to bring across your path. Others that you can connect with so much better than anyone else. Because of your testimony, your experiences, your life, ultimately because of who you are. If you surrender your life to God, he will use you in a mighty way. You know that the word witnesses is used more than 60 times in the book of Acts? 
So I think it's safe to assume that we are meant to bear witness. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to 29 says, And afterwards I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Now, if we just think of when that Bible verse was written in the Old Testament, it must have sounded absurd to the people. Women, children, even slaves would be allowed to speak. Are you crazy? But now this all comes to pass in the book of Acts. Now, for, for this morning's lesson, what I really want to share with you and what I want to try and land with you is if we really look at the book of Acts and we really study it, you'll see that it's divided into two sections. And for the sake of the point that I'm trying to land with you today, two characters. Firstly, you see, human nature follows individuals. If I can bring that home for a moment, and we think of Ramon and Nat being on extended leave, do you think that's possibly affected their attendance in church? You see, God is aware that we tend to follow individuals. And this is why the book of Acts is recorded in this specific way. The book of Acts tells almost identical parallel stories of two apostles. On the one hand, we have Peter, who speaks predominantly to the Jews, sharing a message of repentance. On the other hand, we have Paul, who speaks predominantly to the Gentiles, sharing a message of belief. So no matter who you follow, provided they share the gospel in truth, you will get God's message. Secondly, God does this so that we do not focus on the man, but rather see that no matter who you are, God can use you if you will let him. God will do amazing things through you if you live a surrendered life. It's not about who follows Peter or who follows Paul. It's all about Jesus. So if we look at it in a bit more detail and we consider Peter, who basically wrote chapters 1 to 12 in the book of Acts, we see that his first sermon was to the Jews. We see that he healed a lame man. He encountered Simon the sorcerer. There was a moment when he was walking and his shadow fell on a sick person and they were healed. Peter was worshipped and he did not want to be. Peter raised Tabitha, sorry about that, from the dead. And Peter was imprisoned. Now we look at Paul, who basically wrote chapters 13 to 28 in the book of Acts. His first sermon was to the Gentiles. He healed a lame man. He encountered Elamis the sorcerer. He prayed over a handkerchief, which was taken to a sick person, and they were healed. Paul was also worshipped, and he also did not want to be. He raised Eutychus from the dead, and Paul was also imprisoned. Can we see the similarities between Peter and Paul? Two very different people, but basically God used these two people one predominantly meant to speak to the Jews, the other predominantly meant to speak to the Gentiles, but to bring the same message and to show the same God and to introduce the same Holy Spirit. 
So you see, it's not about I follow Peter or I follow Paul. We all follow both Peter and Paul, making sure there is no disunity. Because God wants unity. Where there is unity, God commands his blessings. John 17, 11 says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. And I just want to remind you, that was the purpose that Jesus came to earth, to reconcile us with God and to reconcile us with each other. Psalm 133 verse 1 to 3 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. Now, I want to bring us back to the day of Pentecost. And if we think of that day, the Holy Spirit made all of the people in the upper room speak in tongues in order to achieve unity. And I just want to bring something else to our attention on that day. As they were up in the upper room and they were praying and, that, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, 3,000 were added to their numbers. 3,000. If that's not the Holy Spirit moving, then I don't know what is. If we think in the book of Acts, there were times when we saw the apostles walking around, sharing the gospel, and that's all they had to do. They had to share the gospel, and the Holy Spirit came upon the people that were listening. There were times when the apostles just laid their hands on people, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. That is incredible. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. If we read Acts 2, verse 4 to 6, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. I mean, isn't that incredible? Besides God using different people to share the same gospel, God uses them in different towns as well. Like we read in the second half of Acts verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I just want to share a few more verses with you just to really drive home what happens when we as believers allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, to guide us. Acts 6 verse 7 says, So the word of God spread. The number of, of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Acts 9 verse 31 says, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. 
Acts 19 verse 20 says, In this way, the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Do you see what happened? The progress that took place in these two apostles filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the key. I want to keep reminding you of that. The only reason they were effective is because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They moved from place to place and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with everyone they encountered. And if I can bring that home for a moment, whether you live in Boxburg, Brackpan, Pretoria, Centurion, whether it's at work, whether it's at friends, whether it's on a social event, whatever it may be, every opportunity you get to share the gospel, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, you're sensitive to what he is saying to you, you will be effective in sharing the gospel. Like ripples in a pond, the more of us that witness to others the grace of God through Jesus Christ, the more people we will reach all over the world. So in closing, I ask, how did you come to meet God? Was it through a head knowledge of his word? Or was it through a very real encounter with the Holy Spirit? Your Damascus moment. You know, when you were sitting there that day, try and go back, close your eyes for a moment. Go back to that day when you surrendered your life to Jesus. Where were you? Was it something you read, some rule? Was it the laws? Or was it this real spiritual encounter with the Holy Spirit where you just connected and you knew? Now, if I can draw your attention to the picture on the overhead, we see this man trapped in the law. And Galatians 3, verse 1 to 3 says, now this is Paul writing to the Galatian church. And let's change Galatians to Life Central for a moment. So you foolish Life Central members, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Again, I ask, does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing in what you heard? Are you saved by grace alone? We are saved by grace alone. If we could save ourselves through our actions, then God would have not sent Jesus to die for us. If we can turn our attention to the next slide, here we see the trap of the flesh. In Galatians 5 verse 13 to 14 we read, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. God will leave us to our own fleshy desires if we, if we allow ourselves to be tempted into the swamp of the world. <clears throat> Not for our destruction, 
but for our salvation. The grace by which we were saved is not cheap grace. Jesus paid the ultimate price. Let's not forget that. Now, this last picture really shows it all. Legalism says we are saved by works. License says we are saved without works. Liberty says we are saved for good works, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. Can we see how the Holy Spirit maintains that perfect balance in our lives, keeping us on the pinnacle of that hill? And like I've already said, if we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, to show us the way, He will keep us on that hill in the perfect will of God, exactly where God wants us. And you will not slip into the law, nor will you slip into cheap grace. James 2.18 says, But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. So, what's your next steps? May I suggest these three? Invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Then, very importantly, surrender to Him completely. And then, you will live a life in the fullness and the promises of God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening in to the Life Central podcast today. If you would like to get connected or get involved, follow us on social media or visit our website, lifecentral.org.za. We hope you join us here again next week.